Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a walk in the park podcast. (laughs) This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. Guys, how do you talk about life when you haven't even lived at all? And how do you talk about love when the only thing you love is your dog? I don't know. In this episode, Babs, Riss, and MB cover a wide range of topics, including, of course, COVID-19, travel, sports, entertainment, the economy, politics. There's probably a little bit of something for everyone in this episode. So please listen and enjoy. Uh, Because this is a walk in the park podcast with Riss, Babs, and MB. And I'll let every listener guess which one I am. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, I'm the depressed one. Don't be depressed. This this is coming to an end, and everything's going to be back to normal. A different normal, but it will be back to normal. Isn't I my so I have a brother up in Massachusetts who's very intense about the coronavirus pandemic, and he texted me I don't know within the last hour and said. Georgia is reporting a spike in coronavirus cases since reopening last week. And I said, oh, I hadn't, I hadn't heard that um, yet. And I said, I just, I said, that always surprised me. I'm not sure that I would attribute any spike in reported cases to reopening because it's only been a week. Right. Friday was a week, you know, when the uh, hair salons and tattoo parlors and Right. Open. So Hmm. my key number that I'm looking for, I've decided now, is the number, the percentage of positive results relative to tests. Because if you do more tests, you're going to have more cases. Right. But it's like the percentage. And I think, I don't know. Hey, MB, do you But I also want to know what the recovery is, that number. So it's like, let's say you had 10 people who had it. How many of the 10 survived, you know? Well, so that's, I think, reported. They don't report that number often. Well, if you go to worldometers.info, it does tell you. Like, so right now, um, we know what it tells you. So in the United States, let's see, as of now, um, so as we know, there were there are one thousand sorry, oh my god, one million one hundred forty-eight thousand four hundred and thirty-nine total cases. Um, and of those, one hundred and sixty-two thousand one hundred and fourteen have recovered. So that's you know, that's less than ten percent have recovered. So that's not good. I would think that that number should have been way higher. Well, and the recovered are people who I think have two negative tests or have died. Mm. Oh. No, I, I mean, I don't, I actually don't know if the death number is included in the total. 
right. covered. Like if you look, it says, um, wait, was that the United States? Hang on. That was the world. Think, that sorry, was the was, world. No, no, I'm looking at, sorry, I'm looking at the United States. No, the world has over a million recovered. The United States. Right. Yeah, I was just concerned about the United States. Sorry, then I looked. Yeah, so we've only had, we have 919,521 active cases right now. Okay. Um, I don't know. So, like I said, to me, if the number of new cases goes up in Georgia, I want to know how many positive cases there are relative. Like, so yesterday, my brother said there were 1,225 new cases reported in Georgia, and that was a spike. But I want to know, well, is that because we did like 10 or 20,000 more tests than usual? You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, the difference would be the testing. So how many more yeah. people have been tested? Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's still not good. Obviously that it's going up and I saw something today that said, you know, if you see like national reporting that says it's kind of plateauing mm -hmm. or going down, that's not actually that accurate because that's only because of the New York tri-state area. If you take that gotcha. out, then the rest of the country is still going up. So only the tri-state area is actually plateauing or declining right now. And because there's such a huge percentage of our cases overall, that's what's causing it to go down. Yep. Right. But okay. yeah, so that just segues me to my travel, my travel depression. But MB, how is this affecting um, your, did you have any summer travel plans? I wanted to go to Seattle. I know. Do you think maybe there's a chance later in the summer or no? Probably not. Yeah, see, that's a depressing. I don't mind wearing a mask on the flights, which is what oh. all the major airlines yeah. are. So. But, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't mind wearing my mask on the flight. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm fine with that. Um, the whole temperature checking thing, I'm just really curious how much earlier so you get to the airport yeah. to go through all this additional testing. So I guess my question is, how many flights are operating now? Like, I don't understand. I heard it's about 10% of what normal flights would be at this so time. So why do they decide what flights? Like obviously if you're going to the Caribbean that's for vacation and that's not allowed but if you have to fly from like Atlanta to Chicago they've allowed that. Like I want to know how they set that up. Well so I think they're probably doing it basically on numbers and demand is my gotcha. best guess. Um, but I did read that Delta was reopening and of course I love the headline. They're like Reop reopening some international routes and um, of course, in that they include St. Croix and St. Thomas. And I'm just like, okay, that's part of the United States. It's not international. I have an update on the flights that are being canceled. All right, uh, tell United, us, Andy. There's been 1,563 flights canceled into or out of the United States today. Hmm. Just today, yeah. Yeah. Total cancellations today, 3,815. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, 
I'm checking flightaware.com. Okay. Ooh, good website. I know. I, well, I think I shared with, I don't know if I shared with you, MB, but I know I shared with Riss is that, you know, we, our next flight that we had scheduled was for May 22nd and Delta canceled that last weekend. That was to Grand Cayman and Grand Cayman's borders are not open. And I read are probably not going to be open for several months. So. Hmm. Now we're just in wait and see mode, you know, because we have a flight to Amsterdam booked for June 27th. So we're waiting to see if Delta is going to cancel that. I think you'll be able to go. Well, I'm supposed to go over to the Scandinavian countries of Sweden, Norway, and Denmark. And I think as we've maybe talked about in the past, Sweden is taking a very lax approach. Liberal, liberal. Liberal. No, I don't like to associate negative things with the word <laughs> liberal. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think it's negative. Well, okay. Fair enough. However, the reality is, I guess, based on how you um, evaluate what bad is, because they have more cases and more deaths than their neighboring countries. So if you don't think having more deaths is bad, then you could say they're doing the right thing. I well, just think they that don't, deaths are bad. Yeah, death, yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, more they don't. Relative way. Brazil's in a huge spike of cases. Brazil. Yeah, Brazil is not doing well at all, which does not surprise me. But I had this, I had this story that I had to share with you though about Sweden. I was oh telling, yeah. Marissa the other day. So the Swedish town of Lund, which is where our friends live, has, quote, dumped 1,000 kilograms of chicken manure, or about 2,200 pounds, in the city's main park to deter gatherings and prevent the town from becoming a, quote, epicenter of coronavirus, according to <laughs> Lund's mayor, Philip Sandberg. He told that to CNN on Thursday. He said the city's oh environment... God committee said on Tuesday that the Lund City Park will be closed for, quote, maintenance measures on Walpurgis Day, a holiday starting on Thursday in Northern Europe. And he said they're, they were dumping it because it will smell for several days. Yuck. <laughs> and will deter visitors. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. Did I tell you the quote, for... <laughs> Yeah. What it a great stink, idea. It will stink of chicken manure and won't be pleasant for people to be around. <laughs> they might have to do that here. So I'm just saying that's how Sweden is now handling. It. Oh my the, god! The, since Brazil's cases are going up, the death rate there is 72 percent. Wow! Oh, all right. They've that's going to be well. That's horrible. But that's going to be yep. under. Oh my god! Yeah. All right. That's truly horrible. I'm going to say. Yeah, but I gotta say what the see. But here's where people start throwing out numbers. This is where I start to get a little irritated. It's like seventy-two percent of what? Is it uh, like did they get a? Did they get so of the deaths? No, but but how? I'm saying how many people were infected, and of the those infected, seventy-two percent is a high number anyway. But of how many? Maybe that was relative to like a certain location. You know how we're tracking yeah. deaths in like nursing homes and stuff right. here? Right. Where it's like really high. I mean, when right. I look at World Infometers, it says Brazil 
as of now has 92,865 total cases and they have 6,491 deaths. Wow. So, I mean, but that's obviously, I mean, that's still less than, I don't know, what's that less than? I don't I mean, that's know. not 70%, but right. What, what, what is it? It's not 10%. 10% would be 9,000. So it's maybe 8%. I don't know, but I have heard Brazil is not doing well, and they're also not doing like a lot of tests. So maybe the 72% is extrapolating data if they had more testing. But Brazil is run by somebody who's I think globally considered to be kind of a crazy unstable leader. Yeah. So that's not good. Who's no. friends with Trump? Yeah, it does not surprise <laughs> me. There you me. go. <laughs> does not surprise me at all. Uh, I know. But uh, yeah, so we're definitely going to have to watch things here in Georgia as we're now opening up. Uh, MB, is, has your life changed at all? I know your mom went back to work this week part-time. Yep. Anything else changed on your end? No. School's still out. Are you going to have any more tests and quizzes and stuff between now and the end of the year? Most of my teachers are done. Yeah, there. I, I know Roswell High School, or I don't, there's a letter came out, an email from, I have to look at it, but my it, I think it was from the local elementary school saying that the last day of school is May 15th. So I haven't One heard One day any of that before yet. my birthday. Oh. <laughs> Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Well, so I know the seniors is, at Roswell I'm High just, School yesterday was their last day. Oh, really? Yeah. Just I'm for just seniors, one, though. Yeah. They, I don't know. It's like, is each school doing their own thing? Like, is it across the I board? I think they were allowed to. I thought the county, no. like I know DeKalb County a couple weeks ago announced they were ending school a week gotcha. early. Like they were doing May 15th. Gotcha. Unless, I mean, I don't know what the county is allowed to tell the schools. Maybe they're like each school gets to decide. Right. For high school students, I mean, there are some high school students that still are planning on taking the AP tests, and those are coming up in the next couple of weeks. So, hmm. yeah, like Naomi has to take her AP test at home. It's gonna be really weird. It's like she's that is that weird. May fourteenth, and the maybe. tests are, I think, forty-five minutes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that, in one sense, is, I mean, that's much easier. When I took the tests, and I think anybody who took the tests before this year, they're like three-hour tests or something. They're usually much longer. Um, so, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how the summer plays out, because right now we have, we have hopeful things, but we don't have any concrete data. People are hopeful that, you know, you can get these antibody tests, but nobody knows whether the antibodies mean you can't get reinfected or whether they'll actually last a long time because they're like, oh, well, the common cold, the coronavirus, you know, you might build up some antibodies there to help you fight it off, but that right. doesn't mean two months later you can't get another cold. Right. So whereas they're like the measles, you know, once you're exposed to that, you know, usually you're then completely fine for the rest of your life, which is why we get a vaccine, because that's then your body considers itself exposed to it. Trump is trying to rush 
the process of getting a vaccine? I think every country is though. I've heard, yeah, I think they have know, to. They have but to. Again, I keep telling people, I'm like, okay, the, you know, getting the stuff done faster in a pandemic, I completely understand. But I mean, for the three of us, really what's relevant is when can the three of us get the vaccine? And that's right. my biggest concern because you have to have a I'll certain know order. What the side effects are. Well, that's true. And we won't know. So everybody taking the vaccine in the early days is going to risk whatever the side effects are because it won't, it won't be known. There won't be enough data or studies. But at a, I think I was reading somewhere they're like at least two-thirds of a population has to have immunity for it to stay under control. And, you know, people keep talking about herd immunity, but they're like, really, the way herd immunity is achieved in the modern day is through vaccines. Right. And that's the way Sweden has approached all of this. That's what they, they're thinking. They're thinking well, the they're, more people are exposed, the more that people will get the antibodies. So actually, their leader has said that's not their philosophy. He just thinks that the Swedish people are responsible people who will follow common sense without being ordered to. But he has said they're not trying to create herd immunity because doing herd immunity without a vaccine is basically saying we accept that a certain, that a higher number of people will die. Right. And I don't know if any government is going to be willing to say that. Mm. So yeah. they might, and also they're doing horrible testing. So without testing, you actually can't know if you've achieved herd immunity for sure. You're just guessing, I think. True. Well, what did yeah. you think about the drug that got approved? The remdesivir? Yeah. Um, I'm glad that people in the hospital who are circling the drain perhaps have something that could help them, but it is not, it is not a therapeutic drug that has relevance to the general population. And since it's an intravenous drug, it's not like a Z-pack. It's not like if one of the three of us got sick, our doctor could prescribe it for us. This is only a drug to be given to people in the hospital who are doing very poorly. So right. I don't think it has as much significance to guess what our situation yeah. right now. This is related to COVID-19. Russia reports a record daily increase in cases. Well, that's depressing. But similarly, one could say it's not depressing because at least they're reporting cases. Yes. I have been watching. I think it's interesting because I feel like relative to when things were increasing in Russia, I feel like Putin, you know, Trump's buddy, was taking it more seriously than Trump was. But yeah, I see Maybe. here. Russia has 124,054 cases. I'd know like how. to know how their neighbor is doing in North Korea. Yes. And we will never know. Except <laughs> we've now been told Kim Jong-un is alive. Right. Uh, photos might, might have proof of him at a fa factory opening in North Korea. And have we Whatever. seen these pictures yet? No, exactly. I don't think we'll see the pictures. It's North Korea. That's true. Or if, the, if we did, they'd somehow be doctored. 
You have to admit, it's pretty impressive that they've kept that quiet. All this time, we thought he was dead. Yep. Well, I read somewhere that South Korea was saying, I think South Korea didn't think he was dead because they were saying they weren't seeing any like significant different types of activity in North Korea, which I don't know what, I mean, if their leader died, I don't know what you'd be able to see. Like, would their military mobilize? Is that what you would see? Troops moving? I don't right. know. I, I don't, we don't know enough about North Korea. I'm actually listening to this interesting book on Audible called The Girl with Seven Names, and it's about a North Korean defector. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. I mean, I'm early, I'm early into it, so she hasn't actually defected yet. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'm learning kind of about her childhood and her upbringing and just different things, and it's interesting to hear, you know, her talking about, because, of course, if you live in North Korea, they're so closed off from the rest of the world, like, they're just taught that they're the best country on the planet. Like, they're amazing, right. and everything there is the best, and, um, you know, it's just very, very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Definitely interesting that they've kept it quiet or under wraps for so long. You mean the country as a whole? Yep. Yeah. It's really weird. I don't know why either. I mean, yeah. Yes, they're a communist country, but so is China. Yep. Yep. Although China is much bigger and probably wants to be a bigger economy, maybe. But you know, I mean, we've heard about famines in North Korea and the people in North Korea not, you know, really thriving. Nope. So. Nope. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. It's a bit much. I know I won't be getting a flight to North Korea anytime soon. No. I'll say that. I'll say that. <laughs> Again, Thank God. That, that's what makes me sad when I read, um, you know, just about how long it's going to take the airline travel industry to recover. Um, and then this is what really got me there too, because they said pilots, for example, need time in the air or in the simulator to maintain their ratings or permits to fly specific aircraft. And you know, other critical staff such as air traffic control personnel and engineers have time limited qualifications as well. And so these people that are you know, responsible for keeping us safe when we're flying, maybe right. them not being able to keep up their skills. A mutual friend of ours tried to make me feel better to be like, in the grander scheme of things, you know, this has not been going on that long. So hopefully the majority of people will not have lost their skills. <laughs> yeah. In this time. But should, then I started yeah. to worry. I was like, oh my gosh, do I want to be among the first people to get back on the planes that maybe aren't being maintained properly? Here's an idea. You board from the back of the plane and you work yourself forward. Yeah, I heard they're going to do that. I don't like that. I'm an elitist air traveler, and so I like to board first. uh, That means first class would have to... Board last. I know. Unacceptable. Good. Unacceptable. They Actually, they should really only fly the planes where you go to the left for first class, and it's separate from coach anyway by, like, a whole part of the plane. Those are the planes I think that they should focus on. Or maybe make the plane smaller with a certain amount of seats. No, not smaller. We need more distance. More distance. I I heard 
some smaller planes, I know them because I don't like flying on them, like the MD-88, I think they're taking out of business, circulation, whatever you call it, when a plane, class of plane retires. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. So I'm personally watching airline travel because I want to know when I can fly next. And I wonder when, <laughs> and I wonder when I'll be able to fly to Seattle. Exactly, yeah. right? I say not this year. Not until there's a vaccine, I won't feel comfortable. Yeah, no, I understand that. I, I'm, I'm going to take I'm that not risk gonna, before. I'm not going to risk my health. I'd, I'd risk no. my health to get to Grand Cayman. I'm going on record and <laughs> saying that. Well, I might have to just to go to Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't know. I think, like, yeah, our first flight might be up to the D.C. area to visit my goddaughter. Um, so. But these are and that's a short flights. flight. What are they? Yeah. So. That's a short flight. Right. And like I said, I mean, I, so I'll wear my mask. It's a short flight. And really, I mean, airplane air is, like, higher quality air than sitting in a restaurant. Or going yeah. to your local gym, or yeah. you know, being inside your friend's house. So this people is related are talking to about the, how people get sick traveling, but they're like, that's probably not really from the airplane. Correct. Did I tell you Southwest Airlines is stopping their food and beverage service? No. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Uh, well, that, <laughs> that really doesn't affect me. I usually bring my own water on anyway. And they're requiring all their passengers to bring their own drinks and food. Yeah, I I had heard. But how's I, that going to work with the TSA? No, because you get your stuff. You have to buy it on the other security. side. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I had heard. I, I don't know if it was a Delta flight, but they were saying people like at each of the seats they had like a little prepackaged thing that had like a bottle of water, a wet wipe. And something and like maybe a little snack. So they weren't they weren't handing them out during the flight. They were already there and you know there right. was no other service. Um so yeah, we'll just have to see. It's gonna be really interesting. But um, I miss sports. Oh gosh, I know. What update what sports updates do you have, MB? The NFL is poised to release their schedule this week. Oh, that's going to be so interesting. I really, I really wonder how that's going to play out. I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, Hopefully I think that we still it. have to, yeah, at least they're working on it. We'll see. Yes, I, heard, I heard Major League Baseball isn't going to come back until maybe the end of June, beginning of July now. Have you yes. heard that? Sounds yeah. about right. Uh, here's so a, a report says Major League Baseball could have realignment for 2020 season with three 10 team divisions. Report says from CBS Sports. Yeah, that's right. Because we were talking about now they're talking about maybe adding Texas into the mix, right? Like the Florida, yes, Texas, Arizona leagues now instead of just. Florida and Arizona. It says that Major League Baseball is considering a three-division, ten-team plan in which teams play only within their division. 
a concept gaining support among owners and executives it would abolish the traditional the, the traditional American and national leagues and realign the divisions based on geography. Wow, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I, I guess I don't know how many different teams does any but, one team play in a season. But how would that work for the World Series? I don't know that they'd have one. Or they, they might just have different, like, championships in um, within each league and not call it a World Series, right? It might just be, like, the Grapefruit Championship or the Cactus Championship. I don't know. What are they going to call Texas? The Cowhorn? Is that a thing? Oh. Cowhorn? <laughs> they yep. can't call it the Cowboy League. I think the NFL will get mad at that. Huh? Where did you go? I can't see you anymore. Oh, I was just checking. Here I am. <laughs> Here I am. And now that brings me back to the NFL. What do you think about the NFL playing on Saturdays if there's no college football? Perfect. I'm okay with I wish that. It was every year. There should never be any college football on TV. And ever. I think, I also think that the NFL should be moved to a Saturday and not a Sunday. Because come on. What? Or no, they need to. Saturday or they need to Sunday. give you Monday off because it's like, why? You, it's just stupid. Just have it on well, a Saturday. Only one game Monday night. And then you got no. Thursday night football. But I'm talking about the Super Bowl. Just make it a Saturday night instead of a Sunday. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Why? You're like, people go to work on Monday morning or to go to school Monday morning. Why does it have to be a Sunday? Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, that might have been a TV rights thing when they negotiated. Yeah. Nah. What else is going on the first weekend in February that they couldn't do it on a Saturday night? <laughs> right. Right. It's all ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. Well, that we'll see. I think MB, you had shared something that the NFL was already talking about changing the date of the Super Bowl next year, right? Do you remember uh, that? The, yeah, they have contingency plans in yeah. place. For the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I think their Good. plan was to cancel the Pro Bowl, right? Yeah. yeah. I would. That's a useless game. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't get that one either. The consolation prize for the good players in the league that don't play for good teams. Don't <laughs> end up in the playoffs or the Super Bowl. I, have a I guess so. Yeah, I have a basketball update. Okay, lay it on us. The NBA has support for a 2021 season to start in December and run for late July or August, a report says. Again, hmm. just so fascinating that people somehow think that next winter isn't going to be a problem. Right. And I did mean, I tell you they moved the Peachtree Road race? Yep. That I saw. To Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. My dad has to run a marathon that day. So now he's got to run two. Oh, no. <laughs> no, really? Yes. He signed up for a marathon. I was, gonna, was it a marathon? No, it's a, half half, marathon? it's a half marathon that he signed up for. Right. So if he uh, runs both, you would I'm never gonna, catch me doing that. No. I would have to one. be running from someone. <laughs> Or something. 
<laughs> physically harm me. Yeah. And even then I'd never make it. <laughs> Speaking of physical fitness, my gym is now saying they're planning to reopen on Wednesday. Oh, okay. They've been, they've been waiting on their order. They need infrared thermometers so they can check everybody's temperature before they're allowed to enter the facility. Cool. I don't know. We'll see. I went online to see what the schedule was because they said you have to, you know, sign up in advance and they said the schedule was there. And I was like, well, I don't see it. So As of tennis news, tennis is to return in Germany this week with a tournament that will occur without fans due to the coronavirus pandemic. Who's playing? Not Hmm. That I'm curious to know who'd be playing that tournament. I mean, I guess the. I don't know. Maybe it only. Do, it doesn't say. It doesn't right. say. Well, well I'll some... I'll look forward to it. I'll keep watching the tennis channel. Well, I had heard. I guess Rafa was asked recently, and he said, "Yeah, I'm just not sure how you know all the tennis." players can travel from country to country every week. He's like, I'm just not sure how that would work. I have an right. idea. You only send one player from each country. <laughs> just the one. Well, that works for some people, but How like, about the, only the people that are in that country play that tournament? Yeah. That'd be so, weird. I mean, it couldn't count to any type of rankings or something, but at least do we get tennis back on the schedule? Right. So... Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I know. We, we don't have any sports. I think it's going to be a while before we have sports I like. But Jonathan was telling me he couldn't believe, like, how poorly the NBA was working. He's like, I just can't believe they already haven't figured something out to resume games or at least practices because NBA facilities weren't even going to be open for practice until May 8th, last I heard. And I think there's still a problem where – I don't know if the NBA was saying, unless everybody has a practice facility, then no one can practice because they right. don't want to have an unfair advantage. Hmm. So I don't know what that means in a state like Massachusetts that is under shelter-in-place orders now through May 18th, and that could possibly be extended. So hmm. what do you I don't think? know. In politics news, Hillary endorsed Joe Biden. I did hear That's that. That's about was that right. Yep. For his that latest was this week. sex scandal. Yes. Yeah. And he's denied it. He's uh, gone ahead and denied everything. So. And then and that Trump is supporting that, and he uh, Trump said, "I kind of feel bad for him." Um, I All right. Update. Well, I fair enough. Update. <laughs> I, have <an> update. <laughs> I have an update on on Tara Reid. It yes. says. It says, Biden report, Reid says in a quote, the Biden report didn't refer to sex assault. She was too, she was too afraid at the time to report it. Right. That I did hear. Yes. I was just curious, just thinking of the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearing, you know, Dr. Christine. Uh, Wazi Ford. Wazi. Well, but, and I was thinking, you know, and 
So when she was asked, you know, why are you coming forward all these years later, you know, you respect the fact that it was a traumatic experience for her. And now that he was being appointed, not elected, appointed a lifetime appointment to the United States Supreme Court, one of nine judges that she felt she should come forward and speak to his character. So I was just interested because this happened, the alleged assault happened back in 1993. I believe I read, and obviously, I mean, Biden ran for vice president with Obama in 2008. And so I'm just curious, so if her thinking is the same as Dr. Blasey's, where it's like, well, now that he looks like he's going to become president, I feel like I have to come forward and say something. But It is pretty interesting. Why don't you come forward when he's running for vice president? I mean, that's one heartbeat away from the presidency. And really, if Biden's son hadn't died, he probably would have run as the incumbent VP in 2016. But his son had recently died, and he just didn't feel like he could focus on running for president. So, hmm. I don't know. I, you know, my default is I want to believe women, and I'm fine with people who, um, you know, I, I think if you overlooked Trump's, you know alleged sexual assaults, I don't think you get to criticize Biden for the same thing. It's right. my philosophy, so. Yeah, I just think it's interesting how these allegations always come out right before an election. They do come out, that's true, they always do. I was actually thinking this was, for, from a media cycle perspective, this was peaking a little early, right? It's only May. He doesn't right. even have the nomination yet, even though we know he's going to get it barring any major, you know, change of direction, which I don't even know if it's still possible. But you'd think this would be something you'd want to save until closer to the election. And also, really, m m much of the news cycle is still focused on COVID. Right. So, right. Right. I mean, I saw I get some coverage. And yeah, it'll just be, we'll just see what it is. Sadly, this is what happens when you, you know, keep electing the same type of person, basically, a career politician or a career celebrity, somebody in the public, a, a person in the public eye, right? Right, right. So, I don't know. Speaking of public and public eyes, uh, I saw this interesting article, you know, because everybody's watching more stuff now, right? Because you've been stuck inside. And there was an interesting article in the LA Times called, entitled, What Will a Post-Pandemic -pandemic Hollywood Look Like? We Asked Hollywood. And they asked, like, these directors and writers and producers and things for their opinion. And it was interesting because it was pretty wide-ranging. Um, and they think smaller productions will start sooner and you're not going to see any like really blockbuster films getting made anytime okay, soon. Okay, that makes sense. Just because of the number of people um, involved in making them. Yeah, exactly. So, so not like the blockbuster films like Mission Impossible and James Bond. And yeah, exactly. Right. Or like the Avengers franchise or Marvel or things like that. Right. And, I mean, you know, it's also interesting because movie theaters, as we know here in Georgia, were one of the first things allowed to reopen. 
and what I've been hearing, there's like, well, there's no movies to show. Oh, right. In the movie theaters, like, because a bunch of stuff over the past couple months that might have been in the movie theaters has been released to on demand. And right. so they have already seen it, or if they can see it on demand, they're like, well, why would I risk going to a movie theater right now? So I think that's kind of interesting. Um, I don't like going to see movies anyway. I like watching them in my own house. <laughs> I, like I, get, I like getting them on Blu-ray and fast-forwarding for all the pre-commercials. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can always get up and go to the bathroom whenever you want. You don't have to step over people. And you can get up, make your own popcorn. It's just a lot more pleasant. Now, what I will say is interesting is I have seen the drive-in theater pop up like in places around the country. And I think that's awesome because first of all, drive-ins are so much fun and it's, it's perfectly safe. I mean, you drive up in your own car and you're good to go. I did read, you know, they're like, maybe these should start coming back. Yeah. <laughs> why not? My why question, not? my question is going back to North Korea. What, what really happens to <laughs> North Korea? Once they don't get any movies. We know that. Nope. <laughs> my main question is what really happens to the missiles that Kim Jong-un has accumulated over the last few years if he dies does the successor get the codes to yes. launch yes his sister launch? his sister is the successor as, as far as I know so she would get them Yes, and I mean, obviously, the military has them as well, so. Because on MSN.com, it says, mm -hmm. it says, hmm. Kim Jong-un is back. What happens to North Korea when he's really gone? I mean, you have to hope, and you have to hope nobody less stable than him takes over, right? Right. So. Or maybe somebody else launches their missiles at North Korea, and he's gone like that. That would be bad. Yeah. That That's a hypothetical. Bad. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's weird because he's an unhealthy or reportedly unhealthy person, but he's not old. He, I mean, right. the question of his age is a little up in the air. They don't know whether he was born in like 81, 82, or 83 or something, or maybe a little later. But I've read reports he's only like 34, 35, or 36 years old. So, right. realistically, absent his health issues, he could be the leader there for the next 50 years. True. I mean, we don't know. But I so. think he smokes, allegedly, he smokes, like, three packs a day, so. Yeah, and they said he's almost 300 pounds, and he's right. not a tall guy, so. He yeah, he's, like, 5'4", 5'5". Yeah. Yeah, I don't know his exact type, but I just know he's, I guess he's considered pretty, pretty obese. But, yeah, North Korea, I mean, it's, like, Awesome. Just another thing to add into the pandemic mix. We have no right. sports. We have an unstable world. We have a silent enemy. How did this all happen in like three or four months? The new decade, <laughs> I think we were pretty hopeful about it, weren't we? Yeah. We started this year saying everything's going to be normal and come like, come like February, March, April, everything starts to go downhill. And then it really starts to go downhill. It's exactly. Like, it's like that car drove off the cliff and has nowhere to go. That's right. 
it's nowhere to go but down and it's just like we didn't see it coming right uh, it's like it's the titanic so it's like we're on the titanic and we're about to hit the iceberg which is the coronavirus you're right that's a good analogy yep it's like why didn't we see this coming who wasn't paying attention and we will see, we will see what happens there if the task force that we talked about a few podcast episodes ago, not the task force, the committee. Did you hear um, the White House said Dr. Fauci can't testify in the House? He can what? testify is in the Senate. In the Senate, I know. <laughs> That's bizarre. I that was horrible. I mean, the White House said it's counterproductive for Fauci to testify. What else is productive during this time? There's nothing exactly. else to do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I have people in my life who they're very down on politicians in general. Um, I'm just waiting for when I can cast that ballot in November. I know. Yeah, right? My vote will be considered based on how everything went during the coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> All right. That's your well, number you one go. voting issue. It's probably yeah. going to be a pretty significant voting issue for a lot of people. Right. And I think between now and then, we've just, we've got a test, we've got a contact trace, and we've got to contain. And hopefully we can do that. Um, I was reading that New York has been testing residents in grocery stores. So I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't see in that report. Where's is Dr. Burks even going to testify? Why is it only? Oh, I don't know. Why is it only Fauci? Well, I know. I don't know. I hmm. think people see Burks as being a little more in Trump's pocket than Fauci. Yeah, I would agree. But Burks might testify eventually. But Fauci, I mean, he's the one who's you know the head of the National, National Institute. Yeah of health for allergy and infectious diseases yeah so his his expertise is perhaps a little more on point than dr burks but i yeah i don't know we're gonna that see. leads me to the white house having their first daily press briefing oh that's right i know how'd that go down that was crazy just to hear i that. only got to see a few tidbits here and there and then one reporter asked her, do you promise not to lie to us? And her response was, I promise not to lie. And we shall see, right? Uh, it's just, uh, it's funny. It's not funny, but it is. It's comical. I stopped, yeah, although I it's... did stop watching all the press briefings because I just got bored. Yeah, it's been a long time since I, well, I don't know that I ever watched a full press briefing. I would usually, you know, save it up and fast forward and, because it's just a lot of the same thing. So. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, so now we've got to look, you know, whether or not the virus is ready for us, we've entered a new phase of, you know, reopening, and it's not just here in Georgia by I think the end of this coming week, the majority of states in the U.S. will have put into place some type of reopening plans. I think I heard 33 of the 50 states. And so we're just going to have to see. One of the sad things for me was on the front page of today's AJC, which is the Saturday, May 2nd edition, 
you know, it's talking the state of Georgia is going to have to make billions of dollars of cuts to balance its budget, which it is required to do by the Georgia state constitution. And so state employees like public school teachers are going to feel the effects. They've even talked, they met, they article even mentioned furloughing. So I don't know how that's possible. Okay. Yeah. So we shall see how. There's yeah. A, what are so, the way we do the way we do things is going to change. Yep. Yeah, I do think for a while it's going to change. Definitely until we have a vaccine that works. I don't know. It's just if I hate uncertainty because I told my Me friend too. the other day I loathe uncertainty. It's my least favorite thing. Oh. So I just I yeah I don't know what to say. And I and there's a report on the hill.com. It says five ways the coronavirus could change American politics. Oh, that's interesting. Send me that article, please. I'm curious what the five ways are. Uh, universal health care. All right. Definitely. Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. Okay, but. Mail-in voting. Okay. Yeah, I guess we're kind of seeing that, yeah. Immigration. Definitely. We've seen a little bit of that, yep. Uh, the social safety net. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I don't know. Are they talking about like Medicaid and Medicare and stuff? Because to me, I don't know how different that is from, what was the first thing you said? My first thing was, I said was uh, universal health care. Oh, universal health care. Okay, yeah. So I wonder what the social safety net is besides that. And then uh, the, yeah. And then the, the fifth, fifth thing. Yeah. Political campaigning. And I think some of us would be fine with that. Yep. <laughs> but I'm sorry, no... No more but, debates. No. But, but during Bernie's campaign, he was it's all about universal health care. Where is he yes. on this? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Universal health care continues to be a major topic of conversation in this country, especially as the Affordable Care Act gets, you know, unwound and made to be very ineffective. Um, yeah, there are just a lot of people that are very afraid. They think universal health care is the slippery slope to socialism. I think so. You do? Yep. All right, we'll have to explore that more at a certain point. I don't know. I don't think it is, but because I thought the Affordable Care Act actually had a decent approach to it. As I thought so, I, so too. Since political campaigning is one of the things that they list, how does this impact Trump when he wants to do massive rallies with hundreds and hundreds of people? Oh, he's not going to be able rules. to. He'll, no, he'll yeah. break the rules. And his followers, I mean, they're the ones that are out there, you know, protesting with their guns and their screaming and stuff. So they'll still go to the rallies. It's, that's an over well, I don't know if it's an overgeneralization. That's a generalization, but I think Trump will still somehow manage to have his rallies and he won't care that Democrats are criticizing him because as long as he has his base, he's happy. Right. 
My question is, how would mail-in voting work for the whole country? But most of the country does mail-in voting for certain primaries. Probably most of the country does, but there are places where it's more common. Yeah. And then, really, most of the mail-in voting, the absentee voting, is for overseas, people living overseas and military personnel, I think. I don't know. I was on Jonathan. We've really got to start introducing people to the concept of blockchain voting. Yes. So maybe one day in our lifetimes we'll be able to vote securely on our mobile phone. Yeah. I, I would. I would be in support of that. Right. I think exactly. most people would too. That's well, a good I think some people are worried about you know well, you security. Also got, you also got to think about hacking. Yeah. Although, really, if you're familiar with blockchain technology, it is much harder to hack blockchain technology than it is just general, you right. know, internet traffic or sharing of information. Oh, my goodness. Well, this has been a very exciting episode and quite a lengthy one, actually. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I just got up because I saw, I heard some kids screaming and I'm looking outside and I'm watching all the kids on their bikes riding around. Uh. Well, which now, you know, they're not obligated to shelter in place, although they still are encouraged to social distance, right? Right, right. So, so yeah, should be interesting. All I'll right, be well, following I'll be following up on the topics that we talked about. Definitely. Cool. We'll say cool. bye for now. Bye for now. Welcome to Audio Diary Episode 6. This is Michael Baxter. We start with COVID-related news, which is the U.S. is still at 1 million cases with a total of 17,409 new cases being reported just today. A total of 66,804 deaths according to worldometers.info slash coronavirus slash. And in sports news, the NFL is going to release the schedule for all the teams this upcoming week. I know many of you are excited, especially you, Babs, and you, Marissa. And in Major League Baseball news, they are considering getting rid of their traditional American and National Leagues and preparing to play games in their own divisions, according to multiple according to multiple reports and from CBS Sports. In political news, Donald Trump is blocking Anthony Fauci from testifying in front of the House Committee but but the White House is allowing Anthony Fauci to testify before the Senate, but we don't know what day and what time it's going to take place. And in politics and news, North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un has been reported alive. His appearance was spotted at a factory opening in North Korea, and, and analysts are going over photos that suggest Kim Jong-un is alive, and this marks his first appearance in 20 days. 
And then... Hello, and welcome to another installment of Marissa's Lonely Hearts Club Diary without her friends in the Walk in the Park podcast. <laughs> the boss Babs told me that I had to do uh, my own memo, my own diary today. So I am recording uh, an installment of a Walk in the Park podcast by myself. And she asked me to, or we all agreed that I would do the entertainment portion of the podcast, which is hilarious because I could give two rats asses about everything going on in the entertainment world and I mean that wholeheartedly I don't really care I don't there is like so few movies that I care about so few plays I care about so few well no I like books then that's a form of entertainment only because it's Entered not only because it's fun, but it's educational. So you get two things out of one. But I really, the entertainment, you know what? I take that back. I take that all back. I, I will say this. I like movies. And I like shows on TV. I like books. I like plays. But I'm not that interested in the entertainers themselves. Unless they're saving the world, curing cancer solving world hunger problems or if one of them invented the vaccine to the COVID-19 problem we have, disease that we have right now, then I'd be okay with that too. But other than that, I could care less about that. So that's why this is very ironic that I'm doing this. I also want to point out that I am outside and it's extremely windy out. So we're we're gonna see how this all works out. So in entertainment news, uh, May 6, 2020. Um, if you haven't already figured this out, or m- maybe you have, I don't know. I know that my family was not aware of this, but if you're seeing more reruns on TV than usual, it's because all production, uh, both Hollywood and outside Hollywood and all over the globe, has stopped. All production of TV shows, movies, plays, anything that gives you entertainment on television has been halted because of the COVID-19 disease that we have out there right now. So that's why you're probably seeing way more reruns than you normally would. Okay. Um, Just to give you an update on myself, I have finally finished Project Blue Book on TV, which is on the History Channel. It ended its second season which, by the way, I just found out was a remake of a show back in the 80s. If you haven't already watched it, but you do like The X-Files, you'll find it entertaining. Hold on one second. Okay, so I apologize. I was um, just interrupted by my husband. He uh, is working from home these days, and as most people are, or a lot of people are, and I had made him a cup of cappuccino and I brought it into his office while he was on a call, and um, he just came out to say thank you. So anyway, my complete line of thought uh, is almost ruined, but because I have notes, it's not entirely lost. So 
I was following up on some of the shows I had been watching and that I'm done with. And Project Blue Book was one that I just got done with. And like I was mentioning, it is based on um, a show. It's actually based on the real life events of a professor uh, who was asked by the Air Force back in the 50s to come and research and debunk all of these UFO sightings. So, um, you know, of course, some of these things are, you know, dramatized for TV, but he's also the person who uh, was tapped for the movie uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It, that was based on his life and what he encountered. So, um, very interesting show. Reboot of something that, a show that was in the early 80s, I think. And um, it's a great show. If you like The X-Files, you'll like this one. The other show that I just got done with was The Crown. I'm done with that. A little disappointed. Wish they could have continued. Didn't like the way they changed out the actors for the third season because they wanted them to be older. However, who cares, right? It was still good. I watched it. I watched the whole dang thing. And now I am on to Sherlock from BBC. I'm going to continue Stranger Things. Um, I started Schitt's Creek. That was a little addicting because it's only a half hour long. Um, oh, and something called Skinwalker Ranch. That one's getting interesting. That is also on the History Channel. It comes on at 10, 10 p.m. on Tuesdays. Um, that one's also about, well, no one really knows what's going on on this ranch in Texas. Um, it's called Skinwalker Ranch because at first the, the natives of that area... Native Americans really thought that there were skinwalkers on that ranch, but they're thinking it's something bigger, maybe UFO-ish. So they've just happened upon something that seems very interesting. I won't tell you if you decide to watch it, but it is called Skinwalker Ranch. It's pretty good. But if you have any other ideas or uh, things we should be binge-watching, other shows, uh, movies, or even books to read, please give us a shout-out because those are... Um, always helpful I think I love hearing what everybody's watching and reading okay so now we get into the funnier side of entertainment the part that I think is ironic and why I, I, I don't really care about entertainers themselves <laughs> but here we go David Radcliffe will reprise his Harry Potter role for an audiobook not sure if anybody cares about that but what I do really care about is that he has a show on TBS, I believe, on Sunday nights at 10 o'clock called Miracle Workers. I think the second season just ended, but it's very, very funny. A um, little slapstick, but the actors in the show are very funny. Uh, so check that one out. Uh, let's see, Archie, the son of <clears throat> uh, Megan and Harry. Don't they have a new name for them? I think Makel? I forgot what the name they call the two of them now. They have a name for them. Anyway, their son is now officially a year old. Uh, let's see. So they're celebrating that. Um, and other news. Oh, Becoming, which is Michelle Obama's story, will be on uh, Netflix. So you can watch that. Um, I don't know when it's coming out, but the trailer is. So watch out for that. 
And to end and round out the most important part of entertainment for today, for this week, is the fact that the Beatles Yellow Submarine is coming to YouTube for streaming. This is very important because the Beatles are important. So if we're going to talk about entertainment, we might as well just talk about the Beatles. They're very entertaining all the way around. So check out uh, Yellow Submarine on YouTube. This has been your latest installment, your first installment, and probably your last installment of Entertainment Weekly with Marissa for the Walk in the Park podcast. Thank you and have a great day. So one of the things that is on my mind on a daily basis during this COVID-19 pandemic is travel because I love travel. It is probably literally my most favorite thing to do in the entire world. And I, you know, have that first world privilege going on. My family and I were supposed to travel to Grand Cayman at the end of this month, May, and that trip has been canceled. Cayman is keeping its borders closed for the foreseeable future. Um, That's a disappointment to us because, of course, we were looking forward to having a nice vacation on a Caribbean island to celebrate our anniversary on my husband's birthday. But we were also going down to start the process of evaluating whether we want to move there next year since we have an opportunity to do so with my husband's current employer. And so that's been a bit depressing for me. And then my family has a trip planned for the end of June through the beginning of July to three Scandinavian countries, Sweden, Norway, and Denmark. And we're flying through uh, Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And so I've been paying close attention to how Sweden is handling this crisis since they are not handling it the same way that their neighboring countries of Norway and Denmark are. And so I've done a little bit of follow-up research on that. And there was an article published today, May 4th, New York Times, entitled Coronavirus and the Sweden Myth. The country's approach to the pandemic sets a seductive example, but the United States shouldn't copy it. And it is written by Ian Bremmer, Cliff Kupchan, and Scott Rosenstein, who are international political risk analysts. And basically... um, It says it's dangerous to assume that even if the strategy works for Sweden, it will work elsewhere. In Sweden, business is not actually proceeding as usual. Most travel and mass gatherings are not allowed, and some schools have been closed. But restrictions from government are considerably less severe than many other countries. Restaurants and bars are still functioning, some of them only with minimal distancing taking place. And this article is saying what I already... (laughs) believed to be true on my own that the results have been mixed. Sweden has the highest fatalities in case count per capita in Scandinavia, but it is lower than some of its neighbors to the south. Economic disruption has been significant, but not as debilitating as other countries. And Stockholm, which is where I'm supposed to fly into with my family on Monday, June 29th, uh, has... Uh, estimated approximately 25% of the population has developed antibodies. So, but 25% of its population with antibodies 
is not, according to the article's authors, a cause for an immunity celebration. Quote, we don't know if that percentage is accurate because the data isn't available. The antibody tests still appear to be of uncertain accuracy, and we don't even know what a positive antibody test means. End quote. All things that, you know, I'm paying attention to. Um, but how Sweden has been handling this has actually made me think that even if we do go on our trip this summer, we may take Sweden off the list and not uh, spend really any time in that country except maybe to hook up with our friends in Lund in southern Europe before we head over to Copenhagen. So I would have liked to have seen Sweden selfishly um, employ the strategies of its neighboring countries that I'm traveling to. Uh, And as we discussed in this article confirms, Sweden is home to a culture of willing obedience. And that's what the government um, has said publicly as a reason why they don't have to enforce strict measures. Uh, A home of a so-called consensus culture um, and people trust the government there and they follow rules and guidelines and so you don't have to be that pushy about it. But I don't know. I feel like really I just can't get on board with their approach. I think it's bad that so many more people there are dying um, than in Norway and Denmark. And I don't really know what advantage they're getting economically when the rest of the EU, I'm sure, is affecting their economy as well. Um, So So I'm going to see how that plays out. Uh, There was also an article over the weekend in Business Insider. Sweden's gamble on coronavirus herd immunity couldn't work in the U.S. and it may not work in Sweden. Um, And yeah, so there's just this concept of herd immunity that doesn't seem very well um proven to be applicable yet here and i just i don't know that this is the right solution i guess for lack of a better word so that's how i'm approaching things um This article did say the Public Health Agency of Sweden is now cautiously applauding its approach, suggesting the worst of the virus's infection spread may have already occurred in the country's densest, most populous city, which would be Stockholm. Um, But because Swedish health authorities suspect there are approximately 75 unconfirmed cases for each lab-confirmed case, um, they think about one or in one in four people living in Stockholm County has or will have had COVID-19 by May. Um, And that is still quite a way from any kind of herd immunity. When enough people are immune to a disease that it cannot make inroads in the community, it's going to take 60 to 70% of the population to be infected and develop immunity or be vaccinated to slow down the transition in a meaningful way, according to Michael Osterholm, who is the director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota. Anywho, um, 
Yes. So I just keep thinking about my summer trip. And then that gets me worried about what's happening with the planes that might be carrying me around. And of course, many, many planes have been grounded. And what does that mean? According to an article in Bloomberg, um, aircraft can't simply be dusted back into action. They need plenty of work and attention while in storage. And you just have to be careful with them even when they're parked and not flying. Um, And so I just want to make sure that an airplane that I get on is safe. And I'm wondering how I will be able to make that determination. Um, And this is from a mechanical maintenance standpoint. I'm not necessarily concerned um, that the cleaning of the planes is suffering or will suffer any great impact, but I'm also worried. I know the Federal Aviation Administration is suspending or pushing out uh, various requirements for pilots, for example, um, with regard to their keeping their certifications up to date or even getting their medical clearances. And so as we get closer, if Delta doesn't cancel my flight, they've already slightly changed the time from Atlanta to Amsterdam, then I'm going to have to see, you know, what do I feel about traveling? Again, not because I'm worried about contracting COVID-19 on a flight. Uh, The air on flights is recycled, I think, every minute at the most, if not more frequently. And I've read that air on airplanes is as high a quality as you would get in a hospital. So I'm willing to um, save my my risk chits, C-H-I-T-S for lack of a better word, uh, to travel again. I don't need to go eat in a restaurant. That's not that important to me. I can support local restaurants through Uber Eats and DoorDash. Um, And I'm just in a place where I'm evaluating how I'm reopening my bubble, what's safe for me and my family, what are the risks we're willing to accept, and travel is definitely one of the risks that we are willing to accept. Now, having said that, I live in a state that has gotten a lot of judgment, of course, for how it's handling things. Um, and I was getting, I don't know, texts from people, family members and friends across the country about Georgia having a surge in cases after it had had been reopened for a week. And I thought we wouldn't really see results from that quite as quickly, um, as a week, Uh, because I feel as though kind of the standard or most common incubation period could be up to two weeks. And so I did a little Googling and 11 Alive published this article, uh, COVID-19 simulator sees a second wave of cases in Georgia based on easing of restrictions. It says the simulator was developed by Georgia Tech in collaboration with Harvard and Massachusetts General Hospital. And it's predicting a second wave of cases in Georgia this summer. And uh, they are saying they're expecting the spike to come in about two to three months after the restrictions are lifted. So two months would be 
right about when I'm looking to travel out of the country, the end of June, and three months would be the end of July, which is right around the time within a week or two of when kids go back to school here in Georgia. So uh, the simulator estimates Georgia will see more than 23,000 deaths by August if restrictions were lifted in four more weeks. And if restrictions are kept in place for 12 more weeks, the number of projected deaths drops to 1,940. Now, this is wildly different from the IHME University of Washington um, data that has been, I think, the most popular model to follow. So they had not adjusted it to anywhere near 23,000 cases if um, the restrictions were lifted after four more weeks. I mean, that would have meant Governor Kemp kept the restrictions in, in place from April 27th until May 25th. So I feel like there is a lot of uncertainty. It might affect my travel. I'm bitter about that. And I know there are things that are more important to other people. But this travel audio diary through the list of not the list the lens of COVID-19 is my update follow-up so much for listening if you like what you heard please head on over to Apple Podcasts or Google Play to rate review and subscribe we'd really appreciate it you can also follow us on our social media accounts on Twitter, that's at a wit podcast. On Facebook, you can find our A Walk in the Park Facebook page by searching at a wit podcast. And on Instagram, you can find us at a walk in the park podcast. We'd love to hear from you.